0: Welcome to Day 1 of the 5th Week of the Hope Journey. When we last left off last week, we saw Gideon had managed to rally up 32,000 men to help him fight in redeeming Israel. However, God felt that that was way too many men, and therefore had Gideon start weeding out the men. First, it was asking those who were afraid to go home, and then it was taking them down by the stream to separate those who drunk from their hands versus those who got onto their knees to drink. And after that, 32,000 men became 300 men. Once God had established to Gideon that those were the men that he was going to use To help him redeem Israel. He told Gideon to go ahead and attack. However, he also gave Gideon the option that if he wasn't ready to attack. Then he could just go down to the camp and eavesdrop on the men's conversation. And so that's where our story picks up today. Today, we are going to be reading the scripture portion. Today, we are going to be reading Judges 7 13 through 25. We'll read it in the NIV version first. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them, with torches inside. "'Watch me,' he told them. "'Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp blow yours and shout, "'For the Lord and for Gideon!' Gideon and the three hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars. Grasping the torches in their left hands and holding into their right hands the trumpets they were to blow, they shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon! While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. The army fled to Bethshetha towards Zerara, as far as the border of Abel-Malola, near Tabath. Israelites from Naphtali, Asher, and all Manasseh were called out, and they pursued the Midianites. Gideon sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim, saying... Come down against the Midianites and seize the waters of the Jordan ahead of them as far as Bethbara. So all of the men of Ephraim were called out and they seized the waters of the Jordan as far as Bethbara. They also captured two of the Midianite leaders, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. They pursued the Midianites and brought their heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon who is by the Jordan. What verse, or verses, is the Holy Spirit highlighting to you? The verse that's being highlighted to me, or the verses, is verses 13 and 14 and 17. Verses 13-14 says Gideon arrived just as a man was telling his friend a dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp, and his friend was then giving him the interpretation. And then verse 17 says, watch me, he told them, follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. Today, let's meditate on the verses the Holy Spirit has highlighted to us. Welcome to day two of the fifth week. Today we're going to be doing the observation portion. We're going to read Judges seven, thirteen through twenty five in the voice edition. When Gideon arrived, he overheard a man telling his neighbor about a dream he had. In my dream, the man said, a barley cake rolled into our camp. It came to the tent and hit it so hard and the tent fell over. It turned over and collapsed. The neighbor said, That must symbolize the sword of Gideon, son of Joash the Israelite. Their God has given him victory over Midian and all its camp. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship. He went back to the camp of Israel and roused them. Gideon said, Get up! The Eternal has given you victory over the army of Median. We strike now. He divided the three men into three companies, and he gave them all trumpets and empty jars with torches placed inside of them. Gideon said, Watch me. Do what I do. When we come to the outskirts of their camp, do what you see me doing. When I and my company blow the trumpet, I want all of you to blow the trumpets all around the camp and to shout for the Eternal and for Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the Median night camp, just after the middle watch had been posted. There they blew their trumpets and smashed the jars they had brought. All three companies of men blew their horns and shattered the jars at about the same time. They held the torches in their left hands, held the trumpets in their right, and together they shouted, "'A sword for the Eternal and for Gideon!' They encircled the entire camp and woke the Midianite force abruptly so that the Midianites cried out and fled. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Eternal set the Midianites fighting against each other with their swords. The Midianites ran away in panic toward Bethshetha, toward Zerara, to the board of Abel Malola near Tabath. The men of Ezrael were summoned out of Naphtali and Asher and from all of Manasseh and they joined in the chase after the Midianite army. Gideon sent messengers throughout all of the hill country of Ephraim, Come down now and fight against the Midianites, and seize the watering places from them as far as beth and to the Jordan River. So the Ephraimites gathered, and they captured the watering places as far away as Beth-bera in the Jordan. They also captured the two leaders of the Midianite army, Oreb and Zeb. They executed Oreb at the place we know today as Oreb's rock, and they executed Zeb at Zeb's winepress as they chased after the army of Midian. They brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon, who is now beyond the Jordan. Now that we've read that passage, let's take a moment and observe it. What is the Holy Spirit pointing out to you or sharing with you? Here's my observation. This is very fascinating to me. The topic of dreams. Upon reading this passage, my first thought was, how did that man get that interpretation from a piece of cake? (laughs) Then my next thought was, either this man was talking to an angel without knowing it, or this was proof that the Lord could use anybody to accomplish his will. The victory of Gideon very much reminds me of the victory of Joshua, except Gideon didn't need to walk around the camp for seven days. But what a rush Gideon must have felt after hearing that conversation. And I like what he does next. Gideon stopped to worship. He didn't just run to wake up his men. He stopped and acknowledged God's goodness and thanked him for the encouragement. It did indeed give Gideon the confidence he needed as he commanded the men to watch him and follow his lead. I'm sure indeed the sounds of trumpet blowing and glass breaking would give anyone a jolt of confusion. And that's my observation. Today, let's just take a moment to reflect on the things that we have observed Welcome to day three of the fifth week. Today, we're going to be doing the application and prayer portion. We did our observations from the passage, and now we just need to know how we can apply them to our lives. Here's my application. I have seen, when I'm obedient, God is willing to reveal the next step of his plan to me. If Gideon didn't take his servant, Pura to eavesdrop, He wouldn't have heard what he heard. The second thing is, I will learn to stop and praise God for what he does for me and celebrate who he is. This reminds me of the story of in Luke, where Jesus healed the 10 men with leprosy, but only one came back to give him praise. I want to be the one. And the last thing is, I want to be bold and courageous. For someone who thought they had nothing to offer because they were the weakest in their tribe, Gideon sure stepped into the role God spoke over him. He became the mighty warrior, the mighty man of valor that God said he was. In the same way, I want to reaffirm the words God has spoken over me and hold on to those words to be empowered and reminded how God sees me. Versus how the world sees me. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for all the goodness and great things that you do for us. The things that you pour over us. The words that you speak over us, Lord. You're constantly reminding us of just how wonderfully and fearfully that you've created us. That even though that we are from clay, you have made us a masterpiece. And that what you say we are is exactly who we are. Lord, we also want to pray for thankful hearts. We want to be thankful. And we want to take those moments when you've done not only just great big things for us, but even little things for us that we can just pause and worship. And give you thanks and bring you glory to say thank you for what you are doing in our lives. Even when things are good, Lord, we know to do that. But sometimes when things don't look so good, we forget to do that. So Lord, we just want to be reminded that even when things don't look so good or they look uncertain or we're not really sure, that we're going to praise you in the midst of that. Before we even see the victory, we will give you thanks. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to be obedient and to do as you say. And doing so, we can look forward to just the wonder and awe that you bring. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now that we've got our application points, let's take two days to live it out. Because that's really important. We want to practice what we read. We don't want to just hear the word and read the word and not do it. And not doing it, we don't produce fruit. So let's just take two days and see what the Lord does in those two days and then record it. Of course, if nothing happens, we still want to be able to stop and give God praise and just worship. Think about the great things that he's done in your life. And the things that you've gone through, that even though they looked uncertain or unsure, that you can still give God glory for bringing you through. Welcome to Day 5 of the 5th Week. Today is our action portion. Hopefully over the last two days, God did something awesome that helped you live out what you've been reading. And if not, hopefully you recorded something that you remembered of, that you remembered in your past that did help you to give God praise. Or if not, if anything, you just gave God praise. Today, I do have a story to share. In fact, it happened over my two days. It was a very stressful situation. So my story is about taking in my car. My car has been making some very funky noises and so I took it into the shop to get it fixed. Now I took it into the dealership, which I normally tend to avoid because I personally do not like the dealership. I think they overcharge and usually I just find a really good mechanic, which I have. But for whatever reason, after praying about it, the Lord led me to go to the dealership. So upon going, I explained to the man what I was hearing, telling him that as I'm driving, I can hear this noise. It's almost like a flapping sound. And I hear it even more when I'm turning. So he says, "Okay, not a problem. They take my car and I wait for two hours. The guy comes back and lets me know, hey, we're going to just rent you a car because... It looks like the job is going to be a little bit longer than we expected. All right, not a problem. So I took the loaner car and I went home. The job that was needed on my car was to fix the wheel bearing. The wheel bearing pretty much is what helps the car to turn, to go left and right. And I knew it was only going to be a matter of time. So that was no surprise to me. And of course, you know, anytime you take your car somewhere, they're going to find some other things that they think that you need to fix. And they will offer to fix it at additional cost. So there was a couple things, and I did agree to do that. But the most and biggest price point was going to be the wheel bearing. I mean, it was over $1,200 dollars. But, thank God, I had already budgeted for it. In fact, Rue, my spirit man, had already told me that I was going to need to budget $2,000. So that's what I did. But the next morning, I got a phone call. And the man told me that the technician who's working on my car was trying to remove the bolt to something and ended up doing something and now I needed to pay $700 to get a new axle. Okay, although I don't understand the terminology when it comes to cars, what I clearly heard was the guy working on your car attempting to remove something broke something and now we're looking to you to pay for it. That's what I heard. So what? I don't know what all the terminology that he was using, but that's what came across to me very clearly. And already in my spirit, I felt that something was very wrong and that I should not be paying 700 for this. This was way out of my budget. So again, I asked the man to clarify what exactly was he telling me. Now the axle is what helps to hold the tires in place without the axle you pretty much can't drive the car the tires will not turn so I told the man I'm going to need to call him back and I called my husband my husband was very upset by the situation which I totally understand and agree with and therefore then told me to call my brother Which was even a better idea. Because my husband doesn't really know a whole lot about cars. But my brother, he's a mechanic and he does. So I called my brother and explained the situation. What we ended up doing was getting on a three-way call. So that way my brother could hear what was going on. So he asked the man to to clarify what is happening. The man tells him a shorter version of what he told me, but what I didn't like was that he did not try to take any responsibility whatsoever. He was making it sound like $700 was no big deal, like we just had it in our sock drawer and it was easy money. Of course, for somebody who's living on a very tight budget, this was a big deal. In fact, just budgeting $2,000 to go towards a car is an even bigger deal. It is an investment, so we know that portion, but of course we don't want to pay more than we have to, especially if we are not at fault. So my brother tells the guy, you need to figure that out. You broke the car, you broke the axle, you need to figure how you're going to fix it. The guy responded, well you are going to need a new one anyway, so sir, it's better that you just replace it. Man, what a tough cookie that one. At the end of the conversation, my brother said, I want to see pictures. Send a picture. Well, let me just tell you that 30 minutes went by and we didn't hear nothing from this guy. I texted him and said, Hey, just want to give you a reminder to please send those pictures. We heard nothing. An hour went by, nothing. Now I am on edge. My stress level is through the roof. I called my friend and said, I need you to please pray with me. This is what's going on, and I don't know how to go about this. So she prayed with me. I asked the Lord, If I've done anything wrong or misheard him, I apologize. But I did not get that. I was not sensing that I've done anything wrong. I was more sensing that there was a blessing in disguise. And the Lord was just reminding me that nothing is as it seems and to not worry. It was very hard to not worry. I was reminded of this portion of the story of Gideon. So I just began to praise I gave God the worship and the glory. I thanked him for whatever it was that he was doing that I did not understand or see. And then I asked the Lord, should I be doing something more? I then felt inspired to go and look up who the general manager is. I called, I left a voicemail, I didn't hear anything back. I went back to the website again and decided to email him instead. I emailed him the situation and letting him know how stressful this situation was and that I would very much appreciate it if he would give me a call so that way we can talk about it. Well, as soon as I got done hitting send, the phone rung. Guess who it was? (laughs) It wasn't the general manager, but it was the assistant and the assistant told me that the general manager was out sick, so he was going to help me with whatever my trouble was. I explained to him the situation, and I told him that the man did not tell me that there was anything wrong yesterday when he told me about the car. He didn't mention that the technician was having a hard time removing the bolt. I told him if he would have given me the option and told me, Listen, we're having a hard time with this bolt. So moving forward, there's a possibility that in removing it, it's going to cause some damages. And would you be willing to be responsible for that? Or would you like us to leave it all together? I would have chosen to leave it all together, knowing that it was going to be way out of my budget if I knew it was going to be $700. But if not, and it was going to be less, then maybe I would be willing to work that out. But he didn't give me any of those options. Instead, they broke something and then called me and then looking to me to fix it. And that wasn't fair at all. So the assistant to the general manager said he was going to go investigate and give me a ring. He hung up and within five minutes, he called me, told me, "Okay, I've been informed of the situation. And you know what? You're right. Listen. I don't want you to worry about this. We're going to take care of it. We will get you the part. We won't give you aftermarket. It'll be the Toyota part. We'll put it on and we'll give you a call when your car is ready. Isn't God good? Thank you, Jesus. I thank the man profusely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is all that I wanted. I did not want to be responsible for something that I didn't do. We got our car, and it is working in perfect, smooth, silent, running order. We are so thrilled. And listen, maybe God just knew that I needed a new axle, and the only way that I was going to be able to get one without having to pay extra money was for this event to happen. And even though I don't understand it, I just understand that God is good. And I am so thankful for that. And that is my story. Day six of the fifth week, and now it's time for our encouragement. Of course, it's going to be coming from I Hear His Whisper by Brian Simmons and Gretchen Rodriguez I hear his whisper You are radiant I am the one who has formed you and defined you Others stare at your weaknesses and faults but I gaze upon your beauty Twice I have perfected you Once in your mother's womb and once when you came to know me You are twice purified in my eyes, for you are mine. When you surrender to me, you no longer guide your life, but I, the Good Shepherd, am the one who leads you. I have served you my grace, even as you have yielded to me your heart. As you pray, your voice is sweet and your face is lovely in my eyes. I want you to see yourself the way I see you, holy, powerful, and radiant. I desire only the best for you. I lead you on paths that will not cause you to stumble. As long as you hold my hand, I want you to believe that you are exactly who I say you are. Full of destiny. A perfect partner for me. Never hesitate to give me the desires of your heart. I will bring them to pass. Mm. So beautiful. I am just enjoying these little weekly inspirational poems that's what it sounds like to me just poems and i hope you are too so this week worship worship the lord for he is good and his love endures forever and that is your encouragement for this week